All right, so the Bruins are in town uh, facing the Rangers on Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden. The first time the Bruins uh, see the Rangers this season. The first time the two teams have seen each other since the conference semifinals last May when the uh, the Bruins eliminated the Rangers in five games over Memorial Day weekend. And joining me to talk a little Rangers-Bruins today is Danny Picard of I'm Just Saying. Uh, the uh, Danny Picard show also can be heard on WEI on the weekends and the I'm Just Saying podcast. You can download on iTunes every single day. Dan, how's it going today? It's going well. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing well. I uh, before we get into the hockey, I just I want to go back to when we talked at this a little before this time last year. So it's probably like 13 months ago now when I started the mm. get me David Ortiz uh, tweets, and, and you were you were asking me if I was serious. Didn't happen, but I wish it did at this point. Yeah, Big Poppy was um, the vintage Big Poppy in the postseason this year. I mean, I don't think anybody two or three years ago could have envisioned that he was going to have that type of, not just postseason, but that type of World Series. I don't think anyone would have envisioned this team in the World Series. But, um, yeah, David Ortiz was an absolute animal this year, and uh, that continued, obviously, in the postseason. He was healthy. Uh, I mean, you got to a point in the National League, ballpark where you, you you know he was playing first base there's no way you could take him out uh, you couldn't even get napoli in so uh yeah david ortiz you know, huge reason the red sox um won a championship but i, I don't think you want to hear all my reasons for it. we'll be here for a long time if you want to hear all my reasons as to why the red sox won the world series well, I know on your show you tell it like it is, and whether it's good or bad for the Boston teams, you, you've sort of been optimistic mm. even about this Red Sox team, and I know going back to last year when things were as bad as they were and you were calling for you know Charrington to get on the phone and get someone like Felix Hernandez here, but instead, you know, the Red Sox, they bounce back, they have the season that they do, and I think you were one of the few people or you know one of a handful of people, if any, that thought this team could accomplish what they did. Yeah, and thank you for acknowledging that because a lot of times, you know, I, I keep hearing everybody here, well, say, well, the Red, nobody ever thought the Red Sox would, would go to the playoffs this season. And I'm, you know, sitting back saying, well, I've been telling you the whole time I think they can win 85, 90 games. The big, and you mentioned that, uh, yeah, I did want Ben Sherrington to go after someone like Felix Hernandez. That's because really what was going to turn things around and get the Red Sox back to their winning ways was starting pitching. I mean, and that's just what it was with this team this year. John Lester got back to uh, being the John Lester that we know. I mean, I talked about David Ortiz turning the clock, uh, turning the clock back. How about John Lester turning the clock back in the in the postseason? I mean, he, there were times he was throwing ninety six, ninety seven. Uh, so, and, and just that cut fastball that he uses, he gets back to that. He gets back to the top of his game. They had a rotation that was dominant, and they didn't last year. They, their rotation was terrible last year. So I knew that if, you know, they did have the pieces, they were going to get Lackey back if they could somehow get something out of him, what they thought they were going to get out of him when they acquired Lackey, and they could get Lester back to his old self and get keep Barcult somewhat healthy. I, I, I think that it came down to starting pitching. I knew they had the, the names and, and the bodies to do it. It's just were those guys going to show up and perform the way they were capable of performing, and they did. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised to see them uh, in that position. There were other pieces that I was surprised with, but uh, the, the biggest reason for a championship, I thought, was starting pitching, and I, and I wasn't surprised uh, with them performing the way they did this year. 
Well, with the Bruins, you know, making their cup run last season, uh, the Red Sox now winning the World Series, the Patriots doing the, their usual thing, uh, and the Celtics obviously in rebuild mode. Um, I, I would have thought that the the Bruins, off of what they'd done last year and winning the cup a couple years ago, that they'd be at the top of the pecking order in the Boston sports world. But how do you view it right now, one to four, and and after this Red Sox World Series, have they taken back uh, the eye of the Boston fan? I think I think it's whatever is hot at the time. To be honest, uh, I know that. When you get postseason baseball back here in Boston, it's, it's people realize that, you know, it's a different game. Every pitch matters. Every little, you know, uh, relay from the outfield matters. If you miss a cutoff man, that matters. If you, you know, don't go from first to third on a ball and you should, if you don't score from second, it's, it's crucial. And it's just so much more exciting, I think, to the average baseball fan, the postseason. And, when you don't have that for a couple of years here, I think people start to get disinterested with, with regular season baseball. I don't blame them for that because it's a, it's a 162 game season. And like I just said, you know, those little things mean more in the postseason. So now that people have the taste of the postseason again, I think we all, people realized how exciting it was. And I don't think that people forgot about the, the Bruins, but I also think that with the Bruins, people know, how good this team can be in the playoffs. And when you roll out an 82-game regular season before you even get back to the playoffs for a Bruins team that was two wins away from a Stanley Cup last year, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to watch regular season games in mid-November. And I think there's players on that team, and probably a, a good amount of them, you know, when you see games like, you know, the, and, and the Bruins recently, you know, they went on a little, they've gone on a little bit of, uh, a hot streak, but before this last five six games, they were in a bad they were in a bad spot. They were in a bad place, and I think it was really just human nature. These you know guys that you'd show up to the rink and they know these aren't must win games. Those guys in that room, that core group, they know that they're not going to lose a championship uh, in a Tuesday night regular season game in November. They're not going to win one, so they feel confident that they can win in the playoffs. And I think the fan base knows that they can win in the playoffs. It's just when and when are the playoffs? They're not in months from now. So I don't think that the Bruins are on the top of anybody's list. Also, the Patriots, you know, this week, you know, Monday Night Football. Um, I think the pecking order would, I don't know that the Red Sox stole back the town. I really do think it's at the time what's big. I can tell you that Celtics aren't very big right now because, because you hear the word tank <laughs> thrown around here and off the line. Actually, we, we got a little Knicks Celtics rumor that I think is absolutely ridiculous and won't happen because. I don't think there's any – it doesn't make any sense whatsoever for the Celtics to trade Rondo. No, it doesn't. At all. At all. At all, in my opinion. <laughs> never mind Never mind right now when he's hurt. Never mind to the Knicks. Uh, it's just – never mind for that deal. None of that makes sense. So I, I do think with regards back to the pecking order, though, um, the Bruins will be – they will be the team that in this town that everybody's you know really jacked up about. Uh, more than the other sports, when it comes, you know, April and May. And if the Red Sox get back to the playoffs, it'll be their town again. And the Patriots, you know, they can, the Patriots can own this town if they want <laughs> for the next couple months. But obviously they're going to have to do something on the defensive end uh, with all these injuries. 
Well, since the last time the Rangers and Bruins met, I think the biggest change, um, obviously, is is the trade of Tyler Sagan, the, the Bruins sending him in the offseason to Dallas, getting Louis Erickson in return. And, you know, the Bruins, they've never really had, at least in their recent run here, a, the flashy superstar, the household name, um, the point-per-game guy. They've sort of done it with a lot of options, a lot of secondary scoring options. Um, and Sagan, you know, I guess – to, to the Boston front office, he didn't fit. He didn't fit for the long term, even though he was the number two overall pick, even though he got that extension, that big money, uh, potential face of the franchise down the, down the road. What were your feelings about him moving in the offseason and taking away the top scoring option on the Bruins? Um, well, I'm an, off- I mean, I'm, a, I'm an offensive guy. I like to watch offensive hockey, and I think you know most fans will say that. And I do think there are a lot of people in this town that – that want this Bruins team to get that 40-goal score and hold on to him. I know that when they had Phil Kessel, I remember going back saying, I don't think it's a good idea to trade this kid away because he does have that potential to put 40 pucks in the net, and uh, you just don't know what the next kid that you're going to draft is going to be. But I think what we saw was, as much as we like offense, this team, this group, under this system with this coach, proved that they can win a Stanley Cup playing defensive hockey. They can win a Stanley Cup with the best goaltender, one of the best goaltenders in the league to go along with the best shutdown defenseman in the National Hockey League in Zdeno Chara, which combines and turns into the best penalty kill in hockey, uh, which they, you know, they still have. The sake, you know, Sagan going, it's tough to see because you know how much talent he has, but, and, and I, look, I think the Bruins knew what they were giving away. I don't think they traded Sagan and said, this kid's going to struggle the rest of his career. I think they completely understand that the minute he leaves the Bruins and leaves Julian's system and a team lets him play his game offensively uh, and, and say, doesn't really you know, make him worry about all three areas of the ice with the rest of his line, this kid, the Bruins know this kid is going to score 40 goals. If not one season, multiple seasons. You've seen that already this season, how good he is when you know, he is allowed to play his game. But that wasn't going to happen here. And given the fact that you had other things that needed to happen with this organization for a group that can still win right now in the next two years, win another cup, you needed to re-sign Rask to a big deal. Um, the Tuka Rask, you needed to re-sign him. Um, I think that you needed to also you know, get another veteran a guy on, uh, on one of the top two lines, and they were able to do that with a Gimla. Let's not forget that they added Riley Smith uh, to the mix, and I think that he's been uh, just uh, uh, the Bruins' third line to me of Chris Kelly, Riley Smith, and Soderberg, and you're going to see it um, in this game against the Rangers, is this line is, I think, you know, you, you can make an argument there the team's second-best line. And uh, Riley Smith is a major piece to that line, and he was a, a, a minor piece to that trade that we also forgot about. You mentioned Louis Erickson. But Riley Smith was a kid that's coming in here that really has had a huge role for this Bruins team and the success that they've had. He, he's factored into all of that. So I, I, I actually didn't mind the Sagan trade. A lot of people talked about off-ice. I think it was a factor, but I think at the end of the day, if Sagan showed up in the playoffs in the, against the Blackhawks and scored two goals, you know, if he scores in that overtime game, um, then I don't think we're talking about a trade because I think the Bruins looked at a kid in this system paying him 5.75 and said, maybe we should just free up a little bit of salary, uh, get a couple guys in return, and also bring in a Gimler to go here 
and we have two rock-solid lines. And again, Riley Smith, I think someone that nobody looked at for that trade, and he's having a really a big role with this team right now. I, I didn't mind the trade. I So I wanted to see what Erickson and Smith could be. I actually like Smith better than I like Erickson, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that's going to stay like that. I mean, I think Erickson's a good player. Um, I, I, I don't mind the trade. I, I think the Bruins, again, are going to win with defensive hockey. Sagan really doesn't factor into that as much. So I think the Bruins will be just fine, even with this trade. And with Sagan, he came back to the Garden recently, his uh, first time back as a member of the Dallas Stars. And uh, hmm. obviously it's always going to be a mixed reaction when former players come back. But uh, with the amount of booing that went on at the Garden, I don't know if you were there that night, but it just seems, you know, it took me back a little bit because it's not like, you know, this kid was a terrible person and, uh, you know, he, he sort of was detrimental to the team, I guess, in the locker room and his social life. But uh, it wasn't like he went around demanding for the trade. They traded him. Um, he helped hmm. them in the, uh, you know, in his rookie season after he was scratched for most of the playoffs. He comes against the Lightning and sort of saves that series turns the Bruins postseason around there um I sort of I sort of felt like you know if anything he should have gotten ovation maybe not the ovation that Tim Thomas got that we'll get to but um it just seems to me like you know the Boston fans owed it to him to to give him ovation and not really look at what happened last year or whatever happened last year against the Blackhawks uh, I mean fans are going to be fans and when, when a player is wearing another uniform I mean that's going to happen um, I think that what's fresh in everybody's mind is that Sagan was absolutely brutal in the playoffs last year uh, to the point where he was bumped down to the third line. And, you know, that's where all the rumors came out about him staying out partying. People didn't like that because he's getting paid so much money. I don't think there was a problem in the in the dressing room. I think he had a lot of friends on that team. Um, you know, there's all kinds of rumors that float around, but what can you believe and what can't you believe? I think whenever there's a player of his caliber that leaves a team in some sort of trade in which there's a little bit of controversy involved, like his off-ice issues, uh, things get blown out of proportion. I think the Sagan stuff, the off-ice stuff, certainly got blown out of proportion. I, I think it factored into it, but I don't think it was the reason the... I don't think it was the reason the Bruins traded him. They saw a group here with Zidane Chara being the most dominant defensive in the NHL. They don't know how much time he has left. They have a couple other guys that I think they want to build this around right now in the next two years. They weren't positive that Sagan was, could ever be that guy in this system, or at least if they did, they weren't sure that it was going to happen in the next two years. I think they saw how much money they were paying him. Um, they saw that they could add an extra player and then also go out and sign a Gimler. I think they wanted to do that anyways. And sign Tukarask. Again, they, they had other moves in mind when they made this Sagan move, they knew he was going to be a good player wherever he went. But I think they all just realized it wasn't going to happen here. At least they weren't. They couldn't guarantee that it could happen here right away in the next two years. So they cut ties when they could, uh, and they made the move. And uh, did he deserve better at the Garden? I mean, I guess you could say that. But again, fans are going to be fans, and Sagan's a Dallas star right now. And he he, he had his chance to help the Bruins win a cup last year, and he couldn't couldn't put a couple in the net when they needed him to. 
Well, when it comes to Tim Thomas, who also made his homecoming to Boston with the Florida Panthers, even though he was injured and didn't play, um, you know, going back to their cup run and their cup win and when he won the Conn Smythe Trophy, you know, after that, I mean, I have a buddy up there in Braintree who has a tattoo of Thomas holding the cup on his arm. And to me at that point, you know, he was a hero, a sports hero, at least in Boston, and a guy who, you know, if you ran into him at a bar in South Boston, you know, his drinks are paid for um, for the rest of his life. I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Maybe he'd pay for your drinks, but you know, for him. Maybe, to- maybe well, maybe you go to Braintree. We don't have tattoos like that in Selby, Alabama. That's true. <laughs> but if, you, but if you know, if Tim Thomas shows up the, at the bar now in Boston as as a Boston sports fan, uh, for some guy who fell off the deep end, you know, how do you view him uh, at this stage of his life, of his career, after what transpired over the last you know season when he did play for the Bruins? Well, I, I the way I look at it is. You know, 10 years from now, let's say the Bruins don't win another cup in the next 10 years. And even if they do, people are going to, you know, we're all going to tell our kids about Tim Thomas. I mean, that's what we're going to, when we look back at that cup run, Tim Thomas, you know, the, the video doesn't lie. Claude Julien can say what he wants. The video doesn't lie. I mean, Tim Thomas won the Bruins a Stanley Cup. He had one of the more dominant, one of the most dominant goaltending performances in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs and sure, I mean, there's so many things you could look at and say this wanted for them, that wanted for them, but it just seemed like Tim Thomas had more more highlight moments than anybody else throughout the postseason. And again, I go back to the penalty kill. They had the best penalty kill in the league. You know, for, for having such a bad power play, they had the worst power play that year in the history of the National Hockey League. And they still want a Stanley Cup. That that's unheard of. Why? Because they have the best penalty kill. And you ask anybody in the National Hockey League who's your best penalty kill, they're going to say your goaltender. And Tim Thomas was certainly that. So I look at him as being the guy that that won the Bruins a Stanley Cup. Were there other guys? Sure. The next on the list is the Dano Chara. And then there's a bunch of other players that you can look at. But Tim Thomas is the guy we're going to remember. He did give up on this team. Um, that's certainly that's a fact. That's not an opinion. He just left. And here he is now with the Panthers. I, I, I don't think that you can blame people if they want to react. Again, fans are going to be fans. Uh, but I do believe that Thomas, you know, when Thomas is done playing in the National Hockey League and he would have ever come back to Boston, I certainly think that he, he'd be loved here. I don't think there's going to be many people that are going to remember he quit on the team. I think for the most part... Uh, time heals all wounds. If there are even any wounds still in a year or two, Thomas will be forever remembered here in Boston as being the guy that won in that Stanley Cup. I don't care what anyone says. Well, people always reference that, that he quit on the team. And Do you mean after, like once he said that he was leaving the game, or do you mean like during the season? Oh, no. No, I mean after the season. I mean, oh, okay. I, I, I never heard that the before season. from I, Boston people. I wasn't sure if people meant like during the season, you know, he wasn't giving it his all or trying his hardest or something. Oh, like no, no, no. Tim, Tim Thomas, that, that's guy's career. Every Throughout his career, everybody told him he couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, I didn't think he ever could. And there he was, you know, cover of Sports Illustrated, holding the Stanley Cup in a Bruins uniform. So this is not a guy that gives up during the season, but certainly he quit. He just left. And, you know, for whatever reason, he, he still, he's, he's, he still left. And I call that giving up on an organization. I, I, maybe I should have, uh, worded that a little bit better. I don't, I don't believe he did during the season, 
after the season on the organization by leaving, essentially, ultimately, he gives up on them, right? He just he left, left the team. People will remember that, but ultimately, they will remember that he won them a Stanley Cup. So from last May when we last saw the Rangers-Bruins face each other and the Rangers were struggling to score goals in the playoffs once again, relying on Henrik Lundqvist, which has uh, now been the storyline since the pretty much the 05-06 season and it's continuing into this season. Um, the Bruins, you know, we're going to see pretty much the same team minus Sagan. You add Aginla, you add Erickson, uh, Smith, like you said. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest difference right now between this team and the team we saw six months ago? Um... Well, I think we're still waiting to see, to be honest. I think we're waiting to see what this year's team is uh, because certainly they are not a team that's going to score a lot of goals. Uh, or at least I should, say, I should say that there will be stretches during the regular season in which the Bruins won't score a lot of goals and people will complain and they'll want the Bruins to trade for our offense and they'll look at what Sagan's doing and they'll say, see, we should have kept them, you should have done this. <laughs> Um, I think we're waiting to see what this team can be, but I, I think the, if there's any difference, well, I, I guess I need to see Tuka Rask in, in the playoffs because let's not forget that last year he was still playing for a contract uh, in the playoffs in, in, up until the finals. And I don't know if the mindset changes. I don't think it does because he probably is hungry for a cup seeing how they lost it last year. But... I, I'm, not, I'm not. I think the defensive system is the same. I think you. You. I mean, you guys. You know, in New York, you saw Krug. You know, you saw the young, talented offensive defenseman that jump in. I do think maybe the biggest difference is the fact that Dougie Hamilton seems to be playing with a whole a lot more confidence right now than he was ever playing with last season when he was in there, and that could be a, a huge factor moving forward. Uh, because you don't have a guy like Ference with this team anymore. And even though Ference wasn't a great puck-moving defenseman and had his fair share of tr- turnovers last year, um, you know, Dougie Hamilton does bring an exciting aspect to this hockey team. So that would be something that I would look at as different. But I, I still think, we don't know. The defensive system is the same. You have the same core group. You know, that first line, you add a veteran to the mix in a Ginla. I think that makes that line a little bit better, even though Horton had the big goals. I'm not a Horton guy <laughs> because he's a guy in the regular season that would disappear an awful lot. Um, but as for what this team's different at, I, I don't think there's much. I think we need to wait and see and let it play out. They're a great penalty-killing team still. Um, maybe the power play is a little bit better because of the offensive defense and the guy like Dougie Hamilton playing with confidence. But other than that, I, don't, I think it remains to be seen how much is different. I would say it's pretty, pretty similar at this point. All right, Dan. Well, the Rangers, Bruins, Tuesday night at the Garden, and then they're next week in Boston. And then after that, they only have one other meeting with this you know, new NHL schedule realignment with the Metropolitan, the Atlantic, and the nonsense. But uh, you know, we'll have to talk again throughout the season, and uh, maybe we'll get lucky talk this winter if the Giants continue their run and uh, could face the Patriots <laughs> at MetLife in February. Yeah, hey, you know what? I, I think I told you on your show before, um, with the Giants, when they made these runs, and I said, don't sleep on the Giants. And I said that a couple weeks ago, too. And here they are now, what, four and six? <laughs> yeah. And if you look at their schedule, yeah, that, they I mean, can win the next three. It's, uh, it's really not that, not that difficult. It, they can be seven and six. Uh, you know, I, 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 and if I had actually put my money on it, I think I might do that, that, they'd be <laughs> seven, that they're going to be seven and six uh, in a couple weeks. So I actually believe that the Giants are going to go on a little bit of run. 
and I think they're going to get. Uh, they're going to win that division. I think they're going to win that division. I think they're going to win the NFC. Well, that's good to hear because I feel like most of the talk around here, at least today, has been that you know the Eagles are now the team to beat, and no one's going to stop them. No, no way. I mean, what Nick Foles? He got a couple big games. He sent a pair of cleats to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's about it. You wrap <laughs> up that pair of cleats, and uh, uh, you know you, you keep it in a glass case, and that's about the last thing he's going to be sending to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so I, I don't think you have to worry about the Eagles. All right, Dan. Thanks again. I appreciate it. All right. See you now.